Welcome to Caffeine, Crime and Canines, a podcast brought to you by two girls who love their dogs, love coffee, but most importantly, love true crime. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. I'm on so my lap good. today. Really? Yeah. <laughs> she missed me the last few days. She's just following oh, me around. The poor little thing. <laughs> Has you been away since Friday, have you? Yeah, yeah. So she's going to be glued to you for the ne- like the rest Pretty of the rough. day. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you're her favourite? Mm, I still, th- I, I think Monkey's her favourite, but she definitely has her days where she picks who she likes the most. That's so funny. I feel like I'm definitely Vic's favourite. Yeah. Well, they say it's like opposite gender, so like a boy dog loves a oh. girl and a, a girl dog loves the. I haven't heard that. But you know what's really random? So I'm Victor's, I definitely think I'm his favourite, but I think he prefers males over females. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really weird. Like, I don't know, he's just, pre- like other than me, all his, all his other favourite people are males. That's random. Isn't it? And even like to the point where like even when I'd caught up with one of my friends, she went to his husband. Sorry, his. She <laughs> He went to her husband over her. How weird is that? That's so weird. Yeah. She's going to be annoying today, I can tell. <laughs> she doesn't like know what she wants. the door. I can hear her like tapping on the door. Anyway. That's, can I say, does she go like, like knock, knock, like with her paws? Like with her nose, she, wants to come, she nudges oh. it. Yeah. And you can hear it because she hits it quite hard. Oh, my gosh. Because Vic, Vic uses his paws to tap. <laughs> like it sounds like someone's knocking at the door. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Um, but, yeah, have you had a good week? It's been a very busy week, I've got to say. I don't know what's going on, but um, it's been really crazy. What about you? Yeah, mine's been pretty busy as well. Although this weekend I have chilled, which has been really nice. Oh, I'm so jealous. And I feel bad for you. <laughs> you literally worked like seven days this week. Yeah, it was like um, it was good. Like we had um, like nice dinners and stuff. And um, but yeah, there was like work seminars all yesterday and this morning. So, um, but everyone listened to the podcast on the drive up. So we're probably really? going to have a, we're probably <laughs> going to have a few more listeners for this episode. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is yeah. so fun! Yeah. I actually love that. Yeah. One of um, just from work is loving it as well. She said she's been oh, listening. She? Yeah, yeah. 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 She's, she's like, I binged like the seven episodes that we've got up. So, <laughs> uh, so right. But we should get into this week's case, Lockie. Yes. Are you ready it. to go? I'm ready. Okie dokie. So today we will be discussing Chantal and Leela McDougal. Is that how you, is that, I'm quite sure it's McDougal. Is yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also Tony Popic. Yeah. I'm not going to mention the other one's name because I'm not a fan at the moment. <laughs> so we will get into him. But, um, yeah. So Chantal was 17 years old um, when she went to a, medica- a, medication, a meditation retreat in Melbourne. Okay, yeah. Uh, with a friend. So her friend introduced her to Simon Cadwell, who was 32 at the time, yeah. and he was from England. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and his partner were at the event. 
And she became quite close with Simon and his partner uh, to the point where they asked her to come and look after their one son they had together. Um, So the couple asked them, asked her to move in with them. So I'm guessing she's like 17. She moves in with them to help them. Um, And soon after, so she's originally from, Chantel's from Melbourne originally. Yeah. Um, But they soon, the family soon moved to Perth and asked Chantel to move to Perth with them. Yeah. And as I said, she becomes quite close with the couple and agrees to move to Perth with them. Um, I think that. So this guy, Simon, is like a, um, I don't know what you call him, is like a doomsday cult leader <laughs> sort of thing. Like that's, yeah. that's how I'm going to, yeah, yeah, describe him. So um, the, the retreat that they met at was, do we know, was it just like a... I think it's like a spiritual and meditation retreat. So I'm, I'm pretty sure in the up and ups, it's not like a cult mm. retreat she went to. Um, but it wasn't yeah. organised by Simon. No. It, it wasn't I, his event. He was just there. Yes. No, I don't mm. think he was. It was organised by him. But, yeah, he was just at the event. Mm-hmm. She's like some sort of guru sort of thing. <laughs> um, but she really got ingrained in his way of life and his way of thinking um it said that what he sort of preached just made sense to her yeah um and so she, she was really into his um teaching so when they asked her to move to perth she was just she was all in sort of thing um mm. so i don't want to i don't want to talk too much about this guy simon i feel like most of the things i did listen to was all about him uh and i know that is the main point of this story but at the same time there wasn't a lot i could find out on Chantel, her daughter, Leela, and um, Tony, so mm-hmm. which that really sucked and annoyed me. But um, I will just touch on Simon a little bit because it's obviously to do with the story. So he uh, had written three books, mm-hmm. um, as I said, as like some sort of guru, and he also <laughs> – That word is just so funny. I know. <laughs> it actually <laughs> It, apparently, like he preached to his servers, that's what he obviously called his followers, um, that to take up their positions on earth before the birth of the new world order. So something to do with like higher conscious. Like he, he had said that like from my understanding, and please tell me if this is what, what you made of it, yeah. that he like could go into like a higher consciousness and like, if you could get to that place, then you would like survive the end of the seventy-five thousand year cycle, oh my like God. Judgment Day. Yeah. Okay. okay. So when he says um, to take up their positions on Earth, do you do you take that as it was a bit of a suicidal cult or? Honestly, and even people like um, that had, well, we'll get into a lady that had lived with the family. She doesn't think that it was like suicide based, mm. but there are, there is a few things pointing to like some sort of suicide co, uh, cult later on. Yeah. But at the moment it was not about suicide at all. It was okay. more about like, uh, from my understanding, like getting to this place or or I I don't even understand as I said because this stuff doesn't really make sense to me but getting to a place where like you're not in this world like you need to get to another world to be able to survive this judgment day if that makes (laughs) sense and people were following him so he had written three books he also had like an online forum called the truth fellowship and um, people referred to him as Psy. 
So he claims that he can, if you follow him, he claims that you'll be able to remember and awaken yourself sort of thing. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. Okay. So there's like 40 to 50 followers from all over the world, like, that are really into this, like, the way, the things that he's preaching sort of thing. Yeah. Um, And also, so a lady, I mean, I'm quite sure this girl, she actually lived in Perth, but she got involved in this uh, truth fellowship. Um, I'm going to call it a cult. Yeah. Cult. Are you happy it for definitely me to call it a cult? cult. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But obviously the people that are part of this don't know that it's a cult. Yeah. Or maybe, yeah, they, they, they just think it's like a different way of living and they're like spiritual people. I think that's how they would see themselves. But obviously just get, they just get dragged in. Um, cause this guy's a nut job, but, um, so Justine, she's originally from Perth and she joins the fellowship. Uh, yeah. she becomes quite close with, so at this time it's the guy, Simon, his partner, Deborah, they have a son and also Chantel who's 17 at the time. And then Justine sort of joins the family. So she's all involved in, um, their preachings and things. Um, so as I said, he had written three books, which are later found out to be plagiarized. So he pretty much is a big phony. Yeah. He's just a big... So it sounds like, I mean, this is pretty much the case for most cult leaders, I think, but he just wanted to feel like he was on a throne really, yeah. didn't he? Like, Yeah, exactly. <sighs> and you can tell like, as we get into this story, that he's just a lazy piece of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, which we will get into, but yeah, yeah, I think that he just thinks that he's above everyone, and there are some things like there is actual evidence though to sort of show that he believes in what, he what he's preaching. So I really shouldn't call him like a piece of shit. It's, it might be a bit harsh, but there. So he may actually believe this stuff he's preaching, and I'll tell you why in a moment. But um, up to the like the part of the story that we're up to is so he's been found out that he's plagiarized his three books that he's written and that like that he's a phony. Uh, so what he does is he sort of flees overseas because okay. the publishers want the money back for their investment. Yeah. So he flees overseas and he again asks. Um, so he flees with Deborah, their one son, and he asks Chantel to join them, like as. It's like a babysitter sort of thing. Yeah. Um. So she does. She joins them overseas. So this, just a side note. So this book, Servers of the Divine Plan. Guess how many copies it sold? It's like it's like thousands, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh. Four thousand copies. Oh my god. Where um, I think that was at the time it had been, and then it got withdrawn from um the sale mm-hmm. um like uh, for being on sale but I'll tell you what well we will know why in a moment um but yeah so that's just before it was taken off the shelves so the family moved to Glasgowberry is that how you pronounce it I'm so bad with countries <laughs> Glastonbury <towns>. yeah yeah <laughs> and so he's actually conned some of his followers to give them money give him money and things like that for like what he's preaching Mm-hmm. And he conned like a follower to give him her whole life savings, right? And that's what he m- used as his money to like move overseas to buy a car and sort of get set up. <laughs> so I know, right? So he claims that he's moved to this town because there's no power lines that cross there. 
Oh my god. Yeah. But it's just a freak. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like the freak. stuff just sounds very far fetched to me, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I guess it, maybe like some spiritual people maybe there are like some bits and pieces and cause he has copied things like bits and pieces from other spiritual people. That's probably why some of the stuff in the books make sense. Like it's not mm. his actual thoughts. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. just how he's gotten people in to follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he wants what his hope is for his followers to all move there. So they'll actually be like living. I'm, I'm not sure. They yeah, never got so to he, that, but they, he wants them to live all together and yes, stuff. Yes. So the ba- the base of the re- religious cult will be, I, I shouldn't, he wouldn't have called it a cult. The base of their religion is Glastonbury because of the, the no power lines. And yeah. It, it's, it's a geography, geographical uh, move. Yeah. yeah and people, <laughs> he's picked this spot yeah, specifically. That's why he claimed he's picked it. Exactly. <laughs> and there are followers that actually come to visit him. And meet him, uh, and peep, and he has like he he says like online. As I said, he's got this. Um, I think he communicates with them all on this the Truth Fellowship like forum. It's like a thing that obviously they all log on and they can chat with him, and he does his little preachers and stuff. But he says that he's gonna go into a complete mind of consciousness, and mind ascent. <laughs> like he's never gonna like he's that like. I don't know, in his spiritual, like, mind, he just doesn't need to talk again. Like, that's what he's claiming. (laughs) And he also claims that he doesn't need sleep because obviously, like, he's above, do you know what I mean? Like, he's awoken, I don't know, he's whatever it is. Can I just say, like, I didn't know about this case a little bit and I remember it being in the news and I think, you know, because Leela was six when, you know, yeah. they went missing. Like you think a child and their mum's gone missing, that's really odd. And, and I knew that there was religious things going on, but I had no idea about all this until I started reading. Yeah. And I had no idea it was like there was a guy involved, like, you know, there was a Simon Cabwell, you know. Yeah. I had no idea. Well, see, and that's the thing, like, that's the same with me. When I'd seen it on the news, I just assumed it was like a family that had weird beliefs and things. I didn't realize that he had followers and he had written books and things like that. Like, I had no idea about that. And I had no idea that there was another guy that went missing as well. How sad. It's actually a little bit sad. Yeah. Because no one, no one talks about him. Yeah. But, but I I feel like there might be a reason why, which we're going to get into. Okay. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Okay. So just quickly there, um, one of his followers, um, I think the, oh gosh, I shouldn't actually, the follower's name was Jean, which actually could be a man or a woman. I think Mm. it's a man. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't want to, yeah, I'm quite sure it was a a man though. Um, he went to meet Simon in this little town because uh, he was really involved in the Truth Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he got really turned off when he went up there. Mm. He said that it was too, well, so, or just his ideals were like too extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't like this global cleansing that Simon was preaching okay. about yeah. or the divine plan or like these mind control games he felt Simon was playing with him. Okay. Yeah. And he also, uh, as I said, in these forums, Simon claims that he never slept, but apparently he used to sleep. He... <laughs> like, oh. What a stupid lie. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> he just, he doesn't sound like he's very switched on really. No. Like, I think that is a really stupid lie. But like, I never sleep. He must have seen one of those people, like, 
I'm sure we've met people like this before, but there are people that exist that um, I think are almost compulsive liars, but I think that they think that everybody else around them is just so dumb. Yeah. You know, that they they think that they can get away with being such a compulsive liar. Like, yeah. yeah, He was probably that. I think so as well. And, or even that he, like in his mind, he thought he was so smart. Like no one's going to like challenge him on what he's saying sort Mm -hmm. of thing. (laughs) Uh, so that that happens, and this follower Gene actually goes online and writes about his experience with meeting um, Simon, and also just in general. He I think he like puts a little note saying like I'm really sorry if I've gotten anyone involved in this, but I like highly discourage getting involved with this group. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, pretty interesting. So for him to go online after being like a loyal follower and saying that obviously he's seen some weird crap go down there. Yeah. Uh, so in 2000, he and the family return back to Perth, Australia. Yep. So he comes, oh, sorry, I have missed a little part here, which I forgot to tell you. So remember I was telling you about a lady named Justine who was really into um, the Truth Fellowship and Simon. Yeah. So when the family move to, say it for me, Glastonbury. Glast- yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Glastonbury. Yeah. All right. Got it. Yeah. Um, when they move to Glastonbury, he's obviously in contact with all his followers and Justine tells him that she's in love with him. Yeah. And then he, when he, she tells him this, she moves overseas to be with the family. He invites her to come and live with them as well. Yeah. So now it's Simon and three women. Yeah. And by now, Chantel's obviously a little bit older because uh, 97, I think she was 16, 17. So I'm guessing she's around like 20 ish now mm-hmm. or just under late teens. Um, so it's Chantel, uh, his partner, Deborah, their son, and Justine. So that's who's living in Glastonbury together. Sorry, yeah. I can't say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they all move back to Perth together. So he ups his family and move, they move back to Perth. So it's said that at the time all three adults mm-hmm. or four adults were having sex together. Well, I don't think they're having sex together, but he's definitely doing it with all of them. So so it's kind of like polyamorous relationship. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if like the fe- if there's any, like the females are doing anything or if it's just him individual. Like I don't know what, what's going on there, but they're definitely all doing it with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but which which obviously Deborah, like his partner, knows about, but she gets a breaking point when Chantel falls pregnant with yeah. his baby. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so <laughs> she packs up and leaves with her son. Yeah. Uh, when they find out Chantel's pregnant, now Justine actually sticks around throughout the whole pregnancy. Okay. But I've got a feeling she must have just had like some weird gut feelings because she starts seeing a, I don't know if it's a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And obviously she explains her whole situation and things like that. And after, I guess, seeing, um, seeing someone, they do push her to leave that situation, saying that it's an unhealthy living arrangement for her. Yeah. So she ultimately leaves. Um, Simon and Chantel and um, I'm not quite sure if this is when Alila's born or just before. I'm guessing it's around like similar times. Mm-hmm. Um, the day she it's reported that she leaves, uh, Simon gets physical with her and I'm quite sure she reports it. Okay. Um, 
so she leaves and that's sort of the end of uh, Justine, do you know what I mean, being involved in this group. Yeah. So Simon, Chantal ha- have a little girl. Her name is Leela. Yep. Um, so they, they're living in Perth at the moment. Um, they meet a man named Tony Popic. Mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, so he becomes a devoted member now of this group and moves in with them. Mm. Right. But he's not living. So the, I'm not sure what their first living arrangements are, but they move to Denmark, which is in Perth together. And then they move again to Nanap in WA. Yep. Uh, and this is like a like this place is surrounded by forest, and it's my understanding that in the house is the family. So Simon, uh, Chantal, and Leela, the little one, and then outside in like a caravan sort of thing. That's where Tony lives. Okay. So, uh, but he's obviously quite close with the family, and both him and Chantal are completely like devoted to Simon and his teachings. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is what I was going to tell you about how he's a bit lazy. So <laughs> Chantel and Tony are the only ones that are working and they pretty much uh, are the ones that are bringing in income for their family. Okay. So, so Simon wasn't Simon didn't work. No, he just like sits at home preaching on his little <laughs> computer in a room. Like, that, that's, that's what his work is apparently. Yeah, okay. But he's saying he is a loser. But you know what I was thinking? Imagine how many people he's conning. He might be making some like, cash on the side. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like legitimately he's not actually doing anything. Uh, Chantal, on the other hand, has three jobs. She works at a fish and chip shop. She works at a bar and she's a swimming teacher. Wow, okay. Um, also, so Tony works at a hardware shop, like a local hardware shop, mm-hmm. and Leela is homeschooled. Oh, okay. Um, now, quickly running, like going into Chantel and her three jobs. So she did have like friends. Everyone said that she was so lovely. Her and Tony are both said to be really good workers. Um, it is also said, though, that people seem to find Chantel a little bit scared of Simon. Okay, so she was a bit jumpy. Yeah, and mm. this is going to creep you. This is why I was a bit like fuming before. So this okay. guy, Simon, mm. used to sit and watch her work like, oh. in his car. <laughs> yep, at, like he used to just sit and watch her work. And there were reports that there's like certain times, like if she was talking to someone or like interacting with people, he'd like shoot her a look and <laughs> she'd get a little bit like, like not, I don't know if scared's the right word, but like you're like jumpy, like she was frightened, you know. Yeah, okay. Um, you could tell she was on edge, and this creepo, he's just used to sit and watch her work. Like, oh. how bad is that? Yeah, that's um very very disgusting. <laughs> I know. And there's other there's other reports as well that she'd never walk beside him or in front of him. She'd always walk behind him, like if they were walking somewhere. Oh my god. Which, can I tell you, that if for people to notice that, that's freaking weird. You, like, it must have been something he's told her. That, like, yeah. she, you haven't awoken, going back to this awakening thing. Yeah. Like, until you're awake or whatever, you've reached this consciousness, you have to, st- like, 
stand behind me or something. Like that's what I'm thinking, something along those lines anyway. Um, But so she still remains real in really close contact with her family, like her parents. Yeah, see, like that surprises me. I've got a feeling though that that Simon didn't want her to be close with her family, but she – probably stood her ground and he's like, mm-hmm. hang on a sec. Like, yeah, like she wanted to be close with her family and she made the effort, you know, to stay in contact with them, um, even though they lived in separate states. So I guess maybe that's why I was actually thinking about this. Maybe that's why Simon was a little bit cool with it because it's not like they lived in the same town. Yeah, yeah. Like for them to come up, I don't think they'd, like, they'd come up. I think they had said at least once a year to see her. Okay. So I guess for his point, like from his point, he's probably just like oh, once a year, like instead of, do you know what I mean? Like her being, I don't know, upset or not listening to me, like I'll let her be in contact with the family because it's not like I've got to see them. Yeah. And this also points to that her parents have actually come out and said that Simon never used to leave his room. Like when they'd come over, <laughs> he'd just sit in the room. Yeah, that's weird. Um, so the parents found him quite odd, but they just thought that they were like spiritual people. Cause obviously their daughter, like, I feel like their daughter must've always just been spiritual and maybe she didn't change that much, but it was Simon that was, do you know what I mean? Like the one pushing all this stuff on her, but maybe she just didn't show her parents like exactly or speak about it with them because they weren't into it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his teachings and stuff. Like I don't even think her parents knew that he had written these books or that he had <laughs> like that he was like this cult leader. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. don't think they had any idea. about. And I, I actually believe that they had no idea because I think they would have tried to get her out of that. They just assumed like they could always see her happy, laughing. Leela was always, um, you know, like a really happy child, like dancing and singing, really loud little girl. Like the family seemed happy. It's just him that was a weirdo sort yeah. of thing. Um, yeah. So they weren't aware of any brainwashing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that she was experiencing, uh, but they did get like bad vibes, as I was saying, off him. Yeah. But they trusted their daughter. So it's sort of like a, I guess, a hard situation because if you start saying bad stuff, then yeah. that might push her away. Yeah. So they were thinking like, we obviously they love their daughter and they want to remain in their daughter's life. So the bit, and they trusted her. So the best thing to do is sort of just leave, leave it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. But when they did go up to visit, they weren't actually allowed to stay in the house. Right. And you're going to freak at this, right? They weren't allowed to take any photos because Simon thought if they took photos, I don't know if it's the flash or the electricity or there's something was going to get rid of his um, spirit or something. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) What a freak. But can I tell you, why is it okay for this guy to be sitting on a computer all day but he can't take a photo? (laughs) That's exactly right. Doesn't make sense to me. Because he's dumb. Yeah. He just sounds very dumb. Exactly. So um, Chantelle's mum, Kath, she actually had a gut feeling that there was something up in her last visit, so the last visit Mm. that when she went up to see them. There was a really weird incident that happened where Chantelle had asked her parents to watch over Layla. So... From my understanding, I don't know if they had like other caravans on their property where her parents were staying. 
Um, so I'm guessing like if there was like a little caravan for Tony, maybe there was another one where her parents would stay. Mm-hmm. I'm quite sure they were staying on the property though. Yeah. But I could be wrong. But um, yeah, so there was an incident where they'd asked her parents to watch over Leila as they were having visitors coming <laughs> over in the evening. Yep. So there's two things I've read and I don't know what you've seen. So I've seen some um, reports where Kath had said there were no visitors that had come. So she found it weird that they had asked her to watch over Layla, but no visitors had come. <laughs> and they were acting really odd about the whole, like the whole evening. Thing. That you, yeah, they were just really weird and secretive about it. Um, and they weren't really what, people that entertained regularly at all. So that exactly is a red flag in itself. Exactly. But it is, again, so that's why I'm not sure if this is the right, like as I said, I'm not sure what's right and what's wrong, but maybe I've seen another report where Kath did want it investigated, like who are these visitors that came to the house mm. because maybe they've got something to do with, the disappearance. Yeah. So that's what made me, it's sort of like um, conflicting. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so she says are... no visitors, but then she says who are the visitors. Yeah. Is that so, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, so I was a little bit confused. Like I didn't, I, I don't know what my take is on that still. Um, but, yeah, I guess unless she just thought like the visitors came but they like didn't drive a car, like maybe they walked. Like, you know what, like there's mm. something odd going on that evening anyway. Another odd thing that happened when her parents were visiting, when Chantal's parents were visiting is a passport arrived. Oh. And this so the, apparently the passport got delivered to the house and Simon quickly took it and said that the passport was for Layla. Yeah. Um, but didn't like look like that. He wouldn't even let them look at it. So questions already are coming up. Like, was it for Layla? What was actually in that parcel? You know what I mean? Like things yeah. like that. Uh, but they are pretty sure that it was a passport. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wishes like Kath wishes she'd asked more questions yeah. or try to find out out more about this passport but she thought like her daughter's an adult and do you know i mean she's got her own life like she doesn't want to pry you know yeah um so also in 2007 simon got quite upset because yeah Apparently there was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, this this is going to sort of like um, link back to what I was saying earlier about I the reasons why I believe that maybe he really just believed all this crap he was spitting is because yeah. so this transformer right it's getting installed um, in like a power pole I think on yep. uh, on the property. Mm-hmm. So his um, neighbor was I'm not sure if his neighbor was installing it or whatever had asked for it to be installed, but whatever it was. His um, neighbor, Bruce, mm-hmm. was up there doing his thing and Simon comes out and loses his mind about mm. this, this um, you know, transformer. He's apparently, he's like shit scared. He's saying that this magnetic equipment is going to kill his family <laughs> and he's wow. like irritated and apparently he breaks out in hives over this transformer, like all over his face. Wow. So that's like so, nervousness almost. Like, yeah. And yeah. that's what makes me go back a little bit and makes makes me think like maybe he actually believes what he he thinks. You know what I mean? Yeah, or he's 
like got schizophrenia or something. <laughs> well, there's there, again, there's a report that is actually on some psychotic medication, anti-psychotic uh, medication as well. Mm, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, so must this all is all connected. Either just, way, oh, people sorry. like this just do not make sense to me in my mind. Like he's worried about the magnetic equipment that takes, um, you know, medication probably uses lights in his house and yeah uses electricity in his house for his computer like it's just so conflicting like yeah mm. exactly right so yeah the whole the whole thing is just so strange but um i feel like that shows that's a little glimpse i know i didn't want to talk about simon but it's sort of hard not to um yeah. in this story but um that i guess that's a little bit of a glimpse to show that he actually believed do you know what I mean? Like yeah. in his mind that this was happening or like. Yeah, anyway, yeah it was a physical so, reaction. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly mm. right. So the, all the, this occurred like just before they went missing. So as I said, the, the family came to visit in 2007, um, the power pole 2007, uh, the visitors 2007. Um, so this is where the story, I guess, start, sort of starts. Yeah. Um, so. On July 13th, Chanel, uh, Chanel, Chantel <laughs> sell, sells her car on the spot, right? Mm-hmm. And she's picked up by an unknown car and the money is transferred into her account. So it's $4,000 that's put into her account. Yeah. Around this date as well, she calls her family yeah. and tells them that she's going to Brazil to help people at a commune. And she also says that Simon's already left. So he's already gone to Brazil. Apparently, yes. Okay. Also, she puts up her dogs for sale mm-hmm. and a lady named Caroline um, comes to buy the dogs. I think that she must have known the family because it's quite a small little town. Yeah. So when she had heard that they were leaving um, to go to Brazil, she was actually a travel agent and had offered, like, um, help, I guess, just, like, do you know what I mean, to help them, I don't know, get settled and things like that. But um, Simon did not want any of her help and he was just, like, really weird when mm. it came to her, you know what I mean, like asking questions about where they're going to leave or whatever it is, um, yep. how they're getting there and that. Um, so that's a little interesting little point. Yep. So on the 14th is when Caroline comes to pick up the pups. Yeah. And she actually asks, so Chantel's the only one home. She comes to the door, picks up the pups, and she asks about Layla. Um, yeah. And apparently – Chantel says that she's sick and that Tony's watching over her. Oh. And then she leaves Caroline at the door, right, and she disappears into like a back room. Yeah. And when she comes out of that back room, she's like acting really odd, mumbling, and she like rushes Caroline like out the door, makes her leave the house. Yeah. Like she's just acting odd, like something's happened in the bedroom. Yeah. So – Obviously, Caroline's like, what the heck's going on here? But obviously, takes the pups, leaves, right? Yeah. When she gets home, she's got missed calls from Chantel. Okay. And that's because obviously Chantel pushed her out of the door, but Caroline never paid for the pups. Ah. Yeah. So she wants to get the money off um, Caroline. Yeah. For the pups, right? So she obviously must transfer her the money. That's all fine. The next day, though, 
uh, Caroline calls Chantel to check in. She just wants to let her know that the dogs are settled. Um, do you know what I mean? And everything's going fine with the dogs. Like from my understanding, these dogs were like a big part of the family. I know that um, Leela, the little one, was quite close with them and I think she was really upset that they were having to sell Aww. them. How sad is that? That's very sad. And there's a few photos I saw online as well with her cuddling with them and stuff. So it's a bit sucky. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, so obviously I'm guessing that maybe Caroline knew that, do you know what I mean, that they were quite close with the dogs and just wanted to let them know that everything's going fine. So she had called them, but Chantal never called her back. Yeah. But there is something odd that happens. Days later, right, so days after the phone calls, to Chantel, a lady calls Caroline. Sorry, it's hard because they're all like Chantel, Caroline, like yeah. you know what I mean, they're like they're similar names. But so someone calls Caroline and asks her, "How do you know Chantel, and why are you calling her phone?" <laughs> How weird's that? Do we know if it's male or female? Female. Female. Okay. So a, wom- a woman calls. Yeah. And see, thinking about this, one. You wouldn't, like, obviously Tony would know that she's selling the dogs. Simon would know that she's selling the dogs. Who the heck is this woman? Yeah. It's definitely not a family member or anything like that. And why do they have Chantel's phone? Mm. So I I thought that was a little bit interesting. That's very odd. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it? Unless it's like, oh, no, this is going too far. Unless it's like one of those, you know, those things that changes your voice. Like maybe it is a man (laughs) and like. (laughs) Possibly. Yeah. You never know. Um, so weeks go by and Chantel's family, as I said, she was still quite close with her family. She used to check in regularly when she had told her family that she was moving to Brazil. They had said to her, like, please contact us when you get there, just so we know you're safe. Um, so weeks and weeks go by and they haven't heard Mm. from her. So they, they start to get quite worried. It's not till three months later. Her dad, um, who in the meantime is searching, like I think that he's like looking through records and things like that. He can't find any records of them leaving or going to Brazil. So they're reported missing. Yeah. So her family reports them missing. So the once the police start looking into their disappearance or just whether they've left the country, they find that there's, as I said, there's no record of them leaving with immigration like leaving Australia or for them actually entering Brazil. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's some people or even I guess uh, police were thinking like, did they have fake IDs? You know, like obviously that's really weird uh, that that passport had shown up, even though they did say it was for Leila and that she was leaving. There's reports that Simon had actually been pulled over like a few weeks before their disappearance. Yeah, because he was also faking his identity, wasn't he? He was. Mm. And so two months before they went missing, so this is May 2007, he got pulled over and he was agitated and apparently, like when they asked him for ID, apparently he had heaps of aliases and different IDs. (laughs) Yeah. Really? Yeah. And they didn't do anything about that? Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) Is that weird? That's very weird. Isn't it? So obviously yeah. the police might might have had like something dodgy going on there, right? Um, but they start to 
look into, I guess, from, so the last time she's seen like July 13th, 14th sort of thing, right? Mm. So they start to look into what's happened in between over the last three months. So they do that by like tracing their um, calls and obviously going to their house. Mm -hmm. So this is, again, pretty nuts. So apparently like five days after their last sighting, the house owners, which I'm guessing, again, it's a small town, drop in to see the family. Yep. And there's literally like a note pinned to their front door saying we've gone to Brazil. <laughs> I, I, I didn't actually write out the note because, um, I mean, you can find it online, but pretty much says we've gone to Brazil. Um, something about that the power, something about the power poles. <laughs> yeah, it says like not to worry that they've disconnected all the um, like all their accounts and stuff are paid off, like electricity, whatever, mm-hmm. and they've sold the the dogs that like got a new home. And anything in the house, they can keep. Oh, okay. So this this is what obviously like the what the um, house owners are like. What the heck? Anyway, in the house, they've left their computers. Oh. They've left wallets and credit cards. They've left food in the fridge and dirty dishes. <laughs> so the only things that are pretty much gone are like some clothes and like obviously random items yeah it's weird that they were preparing to leave by selling their cars but not preparing to leave by cleaning out the fridge isn't that weird yeah and i mean like another i'm just going to get into this now another so this is quite weird so you know that four grand i was telling you about yeah that's that hasn't even been touched really so they sold chantelle sells her car for cash yeah but then never uses the cash yeah not only that, I'm quite sure they didn't use the money either from selling their pups. So that means, like, why, why bother calling Caroline to get cat like the money transferred mm. if you're not even going to use it? Like, that's that's clue one. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like this was just diversion. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. So, um, as I said, so Chantel, Simon, and Tony's bank accounts haven't been touched. Simon's as well? Yes. Okay. But there are reports that Tony's dad had given him a bit of money to Mm -hmm. deal with a legal matter. But apparently there's nothing on record that shows that there was a legal matter. Yeah. But I think it was two and a half grand that he had given him. Yeah. So, um, but no idea where that went. So that money's missing. Yep. But all the other money, and I don't know. Like, as I said, the time frame when he got this cash. Yeah. But the other money from the last few days hasn't been touched. Okay. So to this day, their social security and public health care hasn't been touched either. Mm-hmm. Um, as I was saying, so, oh, sorry. Also, Simon hasn't been active on his blog mm. either. Okay. So once the police, as I said, they've started investigating now, like trying to see what's happened um, to the family and they find that the last post though on Simon's blog, or I don't know, you can't really call it a blog. (laughs) (laughs) What do you call it? On his forum. Yeah. His forum, yeah. On his forum, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it says uh, that he was exhausted and he was ready to leave the world. Um. He also had said that, like, I think, like, a way of not, like, I can't remember what, there's, like, a drug that must put you to sleep. Mm -hmm. And he had talked about using it on him and his family, 
Oh, this is on his forum, right? But apparently a follower like deterred him from it, saying that you can't, like, do you know what I mean? Especially to his daughter, like that would be classified as murder. You can't do that. Yeah. And he agreed. He's like, he's like, oh, like, so she seems to think that she's deterred him from that way of thinking. And then he thought like, maybe I'll just go out and live like in a, I don't know, like not in a bush, but like by themselves, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the phone records are really confusing once the police start looking into them, but I think there are a few clues in them. Okay. All right. So let's go. The day before they sold the car. Yep. So someone called like the WA bus and train service and bought one ticket, which was never used. Right. Yeah. But it was an inland trip to Northcliffe. And this was under a booking named Jay Roberts. (laughs) So that's July 12th, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because. That, so, sorry, that's, they find that that bus ticket is, sorry, is booked on July 12th. So this is obviously after they've um, disappeared. Getting into these confusing phone records. So July 12th, the day before they sold the car, there was a bus ticket purchased, which has never been used. So this bus ticket was booked under the name Jay Roberts. Yep. Uh, Very simple name. Yeah, very simple. And isn't it interesting that I feel like around this time is when Chantelle had told her family that Simon had already left? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So could that could there be something going on? Like could that be something to do with Simon? The the train t- the the bus train bus ticket. service ticket. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, so that, that that crossed my mind. Um, so th- this is all, as I said, um, through the phone records. This is the sort of stuff they've got, uh, the info that they've gotten through them. So July 15th um, is when Chantel is due to meet Simon in Brazil. Yeah. But so there's a call. So this is all now going, let's go into Tony's phone records because this is pretty much the only records the police could get. So there's a call from Tony's phone which pings in Bunbury which is 100 um northwest of Nanup okay that would be 100 what kms i don't yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um okay so now we're going off tony's phone right so the, the phone was traced along the train line that reaches perth Okay. And then, okay, so this is all, as I said, this is all Tony's uh, phone. So now a call is made in Perth. So I'm guessing he's gotten on that train. On yeah. The, he's gotten on the train. He's gone to Perth because, as I said, the uh, phone's been uh, tracked right along that train line. Once he gets to Perth, a call is made um, in Perth to North a North Bridge hostel, okay. right? So it's like an underground backpacker's place. Yeah. So, and a booking's made. To stay there. Yeah. Okay. Now, shortly after that call is made, a lone man checks in under Tony's name. So, okay. So, I know know it gets confusing. That hostel is, you know, like, I'm just thinking out there, but how far away was it from, like, did did he just book it and walk straight in or? Well, that's that's it Is it saying that someone else has come in under his name? My understanding is that somebody else has come 
in with that name. Yeah, okay. That was my understanding. But yeah, I did that's, get how your... I, that's how I get feel that it's. So I feel like someone's made a booking, like called this place, because the call's made in Perth, right? Yeah. To a Northbridge hostel. Yeah. But this is, so now, see, this is where I do need your help because I was a little bit confused because, so as I said, this is Tony's, so Tony's phone is calling this place. Then somebody checks in at this place where the booking's made. Yeah. So shortly after um, that's, sorry, going back to that room. So Tony's license actually used as ID. So this is Tony's license and Tony's phone now. Okay. that's being that the police are tracking. Mm-hmm. And there's another two calls made that day okay. from Tony's phone. Mm-hmm. So one call is to a court hotel and apparently it's like a gay bar. Okay. And it's 10 minutes away from the backpackers yeah. place that I was just talking about earlier. And another call that night is to a Domino's. <laughs> Wait, you're gonna die. Where I didn't, I didn't even know you could do this. Honestly, apparently, the person ordered pizza, and the mm. pizza got delivered to the park. <laughs> Did you know that was a thing? No, I didn't realize you could do that. Neither. And apparently, the delivery guy says that the man looked like Tony, like he thinks it was Tony. Okay. And it was like really creepy, eerie park that it got delivered to. Mm. A poor but, delivery man. Yeah, but this is what I was going to say to you. So if it's, as I said, if it's Tony's phone, then it would have had to have been Tony that called around the corner. Yeah. And then then, why would you bother calling? I don't know. Why would he just walk in? Exactly. I'm so confused. So I guess a little bit of digging needs to be done with that. But I did try to dig and I was, yeah, I I was a little bit confused by that. I'm not going to lie. So the next morning, so this is July 16th. One call is placed again to like transport whatever WA to book a return ticket yep. from Kalgoorlie yep. WA. And again, this is booked under that name, Jay Roberts. Mm, okay. And then there's two calls to a taxi. And it's like, and it's backpackers, the backpackers place to yep. the train station. And it's booked under Tony. Right? Yeah. And then, so, so that's that's all booked. And then someone's actually picked up that ticket ticket that was booked under J in Calgary. Oh, yeah. So that's a, that's a different that's a different um, ticket. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. so confusing. It's also confusing. Like if I am thinking about WA correctly, Nanup is like very south, and Calgary is uh, very east. And Perth is very north. It just seems like a very convoluted way to get to Kalgoorlie. Yeah. Via Perth. I don't know if maybe it's not possible to do that, but um, it definitely sounds like a calculated um, plan. Plan. Yeah, it does. It really does. And listen to this, right? Another ticket is booked that day over the phone for Jay and it's paid um, at the station in cash. Have I confused you? Because I've confused myself. Like even like when I was writing this out, I was like, I guess because it's not Melbourne, it's really hard. Like, I actually looked at some maps and like you said, one one is going one way, like one as in train station uh, ticket is going one way 
and the other is going in a complete opposite direction. So pretty mm. much two tickets from my understanding are booked and they're going in complete different directions. Mm-hmm. But the one-way ticket um, to Northcliffe, did I even tell you about that? I told you about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That booking is definitely used. Like that ticket is definitely used. Mm-hmm. And an unknown man did board the train to Calgary. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Calgary. I can't even say it. Calgary. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Under J. And they sat in J's seat. So J's obviously this pho- phony name. Random. Yeah. Yeah. So does that make sense? I don't know if you want to recap. Like- so he's gone from Nanup, got the bus to Perth or a train to Perth, whatever. Yep. Goes and stays at the backpackers. Mm-hmm. The next day, mm-hmm. he books two tickets to Kalgoorlie. One at the, you know, he said he booked one and then it, later that day he booked another. Mm-hmm. Someone gets on the train and goes to Kalgoorlie on his seat. Yes. And then that's where we're at. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this, we we have to, I guess, guess that it's either Tony or Simon that are on this train because yeah. it's Simon's uh, phone is traced for six and a half hours on that ride, on that train ride. Oh, Simon's phone. Sorry, Tony's phone. Tony's but phone. I'm, uh, but I'm, I'm thinking it could be Simon that's taken Tony's identity. Yeah. So, like, either one. Of them, we know it's a male and someone that has access to Tony's phone. Yeah. In my head. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, it's one of them. Yeah. Right? Um. So, because obviously the phone is tracked on this six and a half hour train ride to Kalgoorlie. Yeah. But once it gets to that Kalgoorlie, it is never traced again. Like there's no trace of it, any, like mm. at all. It's poof gone. Yeah. Mm, right. But there is also seventeen stops in between um Kalgoorlie and where he got on. Yeah. So I guess he could have gotten off earlier, and no one would know. Have you ever been to Kalgoorlie? No, I don't even know. No. It's literally the middle of nowhere. Is it actually? Yeah, it's just the middle of nowhere town. It's quite a large town. Have you been? Is. Yeah, I've been. What? Yeah, Tell I mean, me more. Have you actually? Yeah, I went to, well, when I was younger, mum and dad and me and my sister, we drove from Melbourne to Perth and stopped in Kalgoorlie. Wow. Yeah, so I was only little, but I do remember it. It is middle of nowhere. In tri- well, that's so interesting because yeah, maybe that's why I'm struggling with. As I said, I looked at some maps, but it's so hard being like a city girl to understand <laughs> little towns. You know what I mean? I think Western Australia is quite like a spread out. Like, I, there's not many towns near towns. I, I don't think it's they're really sort of like yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was the last time the phone's ever been sort of pinged. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the last record of them. Um, doesn't give you any answers. If anything, I feel like the phone records are more confusing than helpful. Yeah. Um. So in so obviously we should get into a few theories. Like, I guess the main. Let's just actually quickly touch on because I know you did talk about like whether it was a suicide sort mm. of um cult. Yeah. And there are a few things um, that could lead to that, as I was saying earlier. So apparently there was a happy Canadian couple in their 20s, mm-hmm. which were, which followed um, 
this fellowship thing mm. called, yep. Uh, and they actually both, so it was a couple that had come to meet Simon in WA mm. um, and a week after the family's disappearance, um, the they took their lives. So they actually, I'm quite sure it was only, Oh, see, I don't know if it was the, this is actually horrible. I'm quite sure it was, I don't know if it was the male or the female took their lives first oh. and then their partner yeah. took it a little bit late or did like overdosed a little bit after, like I think it was only a few weeks after and so did another follower in the US. So that mm. was the happy Canadian couple, which um, by all reports are quite happy. Even the hostel they were staying at, um, I think the owners come out or the person who was managing it had come out and said like their beliefs were a little bit obviously different, but they seemed to be quite a happy yeah. couple. Yeah. Um, and then the lady in the US also died as well. So that's okay. three people within that sort of space of their disappearance. Mm. Um, so in 2008, the police want more answers, right? Cause they're getting nothing. Mm. They've got nothing apart from those weird records, um, and they put a, like, call out for si- uh, Simon, like his name, and all his aliases. So I think they give it to, like, their immigration department and, um, uh, like, you know, like, obviously all over the world. There's actually, I'm just trying to think of, um, is like a word for it? In- is it Interpol? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. So they put out this call for Simon's name and all the aliases they know that he's got. Mm-hmm. So a man. Do we know how many he had? No. Okay. But there's an alert at Heathrow uh, UK Airport of a yeah. man named Simon uh, Cadwell trying to leave the country, leave the UK. UK, right? Mm. Now this this man, obviously, they could see at the airport that it's not the same Simon because obviously they've put the photo up. Yeah that they're looking for, that immigration are looking for, but they still stop him to ask questions because it's the exact same name. And they showed him a photo of the wanted man. Of Simon. Of So, so Simon, is, so let's, let's go real Simon. He's pulled over <laughs> at, at the UK. Yeah. And he's shown a photo of cult Simon. And real Simon is like, I know that guy. How freaking crazy is that? This guy, apparently, I don't know if they went to the same, there's two reports I've seen, one that they've gone to the same um, uni together and one that they were colleagues, that they worked together. But apparently, real Simon is like, this guy's name is really Gary Feltman. (sighs) Yeah. And he stole my birth certificate. (laughs) Is that not insane? (gasps) That's crazy. Yeah. So... That happened. So then obviously they find out No, there's no such thing as even Simon. Like Simon is a phony yeah. and it's really Gary Feltman that they're after. And you know what I did find? Do you know that apparently you can get like shady websites. You could get like fake IDs for like one and a half grand yeah. and they guarantee to get you past all the, like that's freaking scary, like all yeah. the tests. <laughs> okay, so. But the, obviously, I don't know if this was back then. Like, I don't know. Now I feel like it'd be like 10 times harder. But, yeah, so this was obviously like 2000s-ish. Yeah. So, yeah, we find out that Simon 
is a phony name. Yeah. Yep. And Gary. So now it's Gary Feltman. Yeah. That um, we're all looking for. And also the police, obviously they, they've told the family and stuff like that about like, like that it's not even his name, which how freaking scary. Like your daughter didn't even know who she was living with. Yeah. Um, obviously they had found out about all like his teachings and all that because they didn't know anything about it. Um, and they continue to look for Chantal and Leela to this day. Yeah. They've driven up. I think um, I, I'd, I'd assume more than once um, they've handed out flyers. I think they've actually made the trek from like Melbourne to WA, like you said, like driving um, and just stopped over everywhere they can to get the word out um, or to see if anyone has seen them. They're, over the years there have been like different sort of discoveries but nothing very helpful. Like there's other, been like remains and bodies that have been found but nothing ever connecting uh, to Chantel, yeah. Layla, Tony or Simon. Yeah. Um, there was something a few years ago and apparently there was like an English-speaking teenage girl which resembled Layla that was spotted living rough in the streets of Rome. Yeah, there was a lot of people that thought that was Madeline McCann as well. Yes. Yeah. Apparently she was just like a Swedish runaway. Yeah. This is probably the only thing that I think that police didn't look into and maybe could have led somewhere, but it's just way too late now. So apparently there was like prisoners working in the bush um, at Northcliffe. So remember I was telling you that they went, there was like evidence to show that they were on that train to Northcliffe or they'd been in Northcliffe. And the prisoners found a woman's Mm T-shirt and they also smelt rotting flesh. I don't even know how they knew what that smelt like, but that's what they say, right? Wow, okay. So they reported this to police and the, they, the police never, like, looked into it until 2015, which is freaking years and years later. And in that space of time, where, like, as in when they started looking for it, there'd been a massive bushfire there. Oh, okay. So I feel like that was like an opportun- a missed opportunity, I guess, just to sort of close that door because it's too late now, you know? Yeah. Um, ten years later, so um, 2017, so only a few years ago, there was a inquest, police yeah. inquest. Um, this inquest again did not. I don't think that it was a like conclusion. Yeah. Like as in, they could not tell whether the family was still uh, like living or um, deceased. Yeah, because at those inquests, they pretty much determined whether they to still class them as missing people or. Um, class them as deceased. Yeah. That's what the purpose of an inquest really is, isn't it, for missing people? Yeah. Exactly. But I I think there just wasn't enough evidence either way. Like um, friends had come uh, to the inquest and said that, you know, like said that they think that she was uh, brainwashed, that Chantal was brainwashed. Yeah. Justine, now remember we touched on her a little bit earlier. Um, She was the one living with the family. Yep. She actually um, did speak at the inquest, but she said, and this is what I was saying to you earlier, she doesn't think they would have gone to so much effort to commit suicide, but does think that the Brazil note was a misdirection. Hmm. I mean, that is a valid point. Like why would they commit suicide and sell their cars and stuff? Yeah, exactly. But if they were really believing this religion, maybe they thought that they were literally going to have another life in in. I mean, I know that um, they're not going to be able to take that money, but maybe some 
convoluted way they thought that they would. <laughs> yeah. I, actually, I didn't even think of that to say mm, the truth. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the case is still open and I even me, this could literally be either way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like if they just disappeared and there wasn't all that weird um, trains, phone, pizza ordering incident, yeah, then I would have been a lot more with the group suicide. Yeah. But then but, he, maybe he just told people to do it and, and said he was going to do it as well and he didn't. Well, and that's, you know, you're going to laugh, but <laughs> what if... Tony and Simon had some sort of love affair going. Oh. Because remember they went to that gay bar? Yeah. In in North, was it North? When Remember when he checked into that backpackers? There was a call to a gay bar yeah. on his phone. Yeah. And there have been two tickets that have been booked, like, as in like there's all these weird activity on the phones and there's all these weird train tickets that were booked i know this is so bad but i really don't think Chantal and leela are alive are alive no no i don't remember but i would not be surprised if gary which i'm sorry i keep you there's so many names gary slash simon slash cult man yeah he's alive <laughs> you don't and think he is or you do i wouldn't you know what i wouldn't be surprised if he's alive Okay. And because he had so many weird, um, like, do you know what I mean? Like, he, like, like, why would he get a passport for his, like, do you know what I mean? Sent yeah. to the house if that's what he was planning to do. Why would he get, like, what happened to that money Tony's dad gave him? Imagine, I know they didn't touch her bank or the bank accounts with that little bit of money, but was money given to Simon from one of his followers? Yeah. And we did, just didn't know about it? Yeah, Probably. I, and I, the only thing that gets me is that he's never wrote, written on his um, forum again, which yeah. makes me think like he's a little bit like I feel like he needs people to follow him. Yeah. So that's the only thing that makes me think maybe he's not around, but then maybe he's just found a different way of doing it or maybe he's started a new forum. Yeah, exactly. So he, him, I, I would not be surprised if he's still alive. So he's either still alive or he's taken like Tony's phone his identity just to get him where he needs to go to get to the next identity to escape. Mm. Okay. But what no, do you no. think's happened? So I think that it was a planned group suicide within the, within the cult. Oh. And, and I think that the people, the Canadian couple and that other person that died were like doing it. Like, I feel like he had told everyone, all right, now's the time we need to go and move into this other I don't know, nobody called it a consciousness or something. And um, they did it and went through with it. I think um, Chantal did it and I think Simon killed Leela because obviously what mother would be able to kill her own child. But, um, yeah, and I think that he didn't go through with it and then I think that he possibly um, freaked out maybe and, Maybe Tony did it as well, actually. And then he took Tony's identity and he's, he's still alive somewhere. Yeah. Because have you ever watched um, the documentary, I think it's called Welcome to Jonestown or Jonestown or something? Uh, I feel like I have. Because that, that, that was a big cult in America. And yeah. um, it was a group suicide and it was hundreds or thousands. Of, let me, I'm just going to Google now. Um, yeah, it was a lot of people and children all died together and 
they lived in like South South America somewhere and their, you know, uh, US flew in and found, you know, heaps and heaps of dead bodies. They they just all killed each other at once. They drank something or that makes me so sad because honestly, I put that on the leader. Yeah, exactly. Nine hundred people died. For Jonestown, yeah. And apparently uh, it's a really good documentary if anyone wants to go watch it, but apparently I think they drank something. I think they were directed to drink something. They knew that it was going to kill them. And apparently when the adults had to take it first and then give it to the children and apparently the adults took it and then must have came to and had already given it to the children and apparently were just like beside themselves realising what they've done. No, it's a good documentary. Horrific. Mm. But, you know, a similar concept, like maybe he he had told them that that's what they needed to do and they followed what he'd said and, and then people started to die and he maybe just started to think, shit, they've actually done it. I don't know. But I, yeah, I think that they, they've... You think he's alive? I think he's alive. I think yeah. Chantel killed herself. Yeah. Um, or with Simon's help. Like, yeah. You know, maybe she couldn't go through with it. Yeah. So he did it for her and maybe – and I think, yeah, Layla was killed by Simon. See, I I don't think Chantel killed herself mm. because – I think that he's drugged her. Like I think that he's done something to her, but I don't think that she knew what was happening because why would she sell her car? Why would she ask for that money? Like it wouldn't have even been that much money the day before she was leaving to go to Brazil. Why would she ask for, I don't even know how much she'd sell the dogs for, but like a couple of hundred dollars. Why wouldn't you just leave it? But maybe Simon was planning to take that. Maybe Simon was planning to take that money. Like maybe he had told her, all right, you need to do this, 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 and this. Like I just get the impression that she just had no say. It was all him. He was directing her what to do. He said, sell your car, do this, do that. And he, maybe he was planning on taking that money from her, but then maybe changed his mind after and thought that maybe it would. And she was only tension or something. She was only 16 when she met him as well, 17 when she met him. So do you know what I mean? She would have had like that sort of reliance, like, or trust. Yeah. She would have been under a spell for sure. Yeah. 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 Fudge, what a case. What a freaking crazy ass case. I know. Um, Yeah. Very crazy. There is so much online about this as well. Like, um, you know, if you, you, you'll post a few photos on the Instagram, but um, there's actually one photo that sticks out to me and it's a photo of the four of them, Chantel, Leela, Simon and Tony, and they've got like something on their heads. Like, oh, they're, they're saying they're like namaste or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah I know. Because that, that's creepy. It is. Um, it really is. Mm. Anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah, case is still open. Yep, case is still open. Obviously, anyone with information, contact Crime Stoppers. Yeah, the number there should not off by heart. I think yeah, it's one eight hundred triple three triple zero. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, so obviously contact Crime Stoppers, and let's hope. You know what? I hope they are somewhere living in a bush, living their best lives, Hopefully. and that's just what they want to do. And if that's the case, just reach out to your family. I guess let them know yeah. you're okay. Yeah. Um, and if anyone has any cases they want us to cover, uh, send us a message on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at Caffeine Crime and Canines. Yes, please. We would love case suggestions. Yes. Um, so I will see you here again next week, Karina. Yes. Looking forward to it, Lockie. Yes. All right. Have a good week. You too. Bye. Bye.